Cool. First things first, Alabama State Bar Rules of Professional Conduct, Rule 7.2E, requires the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. I'm Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. Everybody sound off. Okay, Paul Rip here with the Rip Report, uh, ripreport.com and uh, Baldwin County Legal Eagle. Reigns Russian, Houston Section Chief for Backstory Podcast, giving it to you live from East Texas. Giving it to us, all right. Make sure to drink water. Uh, was that Alexa telling you to do something? Yeah, she's, that was my reminder to drink water. I like it. All right, so uh, I'm going to try to uh, share my screen real quick. All right. And um, no, I need to present. That's what I want to do. And I want to take a look at this. And boom. You guys seeing that? Yep. All right. So does everybody agree that's the, the latest and greatest? Uh, well, the numbers I got this morning, very. Wow. That's Alabama. Yeah. I lost it just as. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I refreshed it. Okay. That yeah. That's, that's what I had right there. Well, you know, Reigns, I told you that was a reading from this morning. So it was 1315 this morning. It's 1352 now. Reported deaths this morning were 21. It's 34 now. Wow. And you see Baldwin there. Yes. Now that was from uh, that was from the lieutenant governor's uh, task force that he and this were his projections from March 25th of 2020. Those are the projections that I'm reading not the one Harry's putting up. All right. So uh, give me a second and I think I can get you that too. Let's see here. Well, that's cool. That other one you had is more up to date. It looks like. Yeah, I think that's it. Have you seen this? Uh, that's the one that that's the same one go all the way down. Don't you have a chart on there? No. Well, yeah, there it is. There it is right there. Now for those that uh, are not, can't see the screen, but are listening. What um, is important with this is that these, like I said, these are projections by the members of the Alabama COVID-19 task force put out March 25th by the Lieutenant governor, Will Ainsworth. He's kind of, going against uh, the governor here on several things, trying to get her attention. Would be surprised to see him run in the next election. But anyway, in the um, his projections are not too far out, but let's jump ahead. And if his projections are totally true, then by May 1, the projection for May 1 is that there will be 245,499 cases in Alabama uh, with an ICU patients of 6,382. All right, and, so let's talk about that for a sec. Um, okay. So we Go know back to ventilators. That's right. Ventilator, we run out of ventilators. We only have 800 ventilators ventilator beds available in Alabama. Now we have 1200 ventilator beds, 
but 500 of them have people who routinely are in need of a ventilator and they're on them. So what are we looking at, Paul? That, right about that would, that would make uh, that would make us running out of ventilators somewhere around April twenty first for That's the right. state of Alabama. Twenty first. Right. All right. I'm giving you the screen back. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to say personally, uh, especially with the experiences that I've had with VA, is. Man, I just want to thank the nurses and doctors and first responders, but particularly the nurses, because they're the very front line. I was very happy to see uh, a public support and fair hope for Thomas Hospital. Uh, cars would show up flashing their lights a couple of times this last week. I know that's all inspiring to the um, hospital and staff. And uh, just imagine yourself in that position of having to go to work. Well, you now know your life is at risk with hey, one Paul, simple mistake. Paul, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. If everybody had done their job, we wouldn't be calling these people heroes. They'd be going to work just like it was any other shift. Now, it's very heroic to walk into a room with a patient you know is probably going to get you sick because the hospital administrator and the hospital board and all these penny pinchers didn't do their jobs to make sure that, that when something like this happened, that these people would have the proper protective equipment and it would have just been another day at the office caring for sick people. But because people didn't do their jobs, um, yes, these people are having to are being called on to do something very heroic and unnecessarily. I think in the in the deep south, where uh, all the way from Texas across, we're so used to tornadoes and hurricanes that that's we got our focus on that. That's our emergency floods, and uh, this hadn't come up before, which is lacking. I mean, we should have been fully prepared for this. Uh, we were warned as early as late December, early January. Now, Alabama still is you know, not taking the step to uh, stay in place. Now, shelter in place. Um, one thing that did happen late yesterday evening in the Baldwin County area is Mayor Wilson of um, Fairhope wrote a letter to get Governor Ivey, State Health Officer Scott Harry, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth, imploring them to institute a statewide shelter in place order before the, the COVID-19 surge. The city of Fairhope has been very proactive with the decisions in an effort to ensure our citizens' safety, especially with Fairhope's higher than average senior citizen population. However, relying on each city to make its own decision will not effectively flatten the curve. We'll get through this together. Did you say thin the herd or flatten the curve? Flatten the curve. Oof. Oh, I thought you said thin the herd in Fairhope. No, flatten the Well, that'd take a little bit more. Uh, but they'll, we'll get through it together, but it's going to take all of us together to do something. When you look at other municipalities, 
uh, such as Baymanette. I think they're very lacking, hardly anything <laughs> at all. Uh, so, look at uh, Orange so Beach. Can I share my screen with you for a second? You, 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 you can let, and, and look at Orange Beach, who allowed all those people on Robinson Island and uh, uh, Bird Island, as well as several other locations, just because it were they were island. Uh, I hope those people, uh, nobody gets sick, but those types of congregation is exactly what we're trying to avoid. So there is a, there is a service called MuniCode. And back when the internet first came around and people didn't have their own servers, cities would upload their uh, uh, official copy of their ordinances or code <laughs> ordinances to this, uh, this MuniCode. And so anytime you want to go find your local code of ordinances, Fairhope, Robertsdale, wherever, you can go to Municode. And uh, so this is Chapter 7, Civil Defense and Disaster Relief. Um, and if you'll notice the dates on here, uh, you'll see that all this was codified in 1980, which as rains can tell, I don't know where you were during Frederick, Paul. Were you around here? Nope. I was living in Belize, Central America. So you didn't get all the fun, but I sure remember it and I'm sure Reigns does. So anyway, this is, this is, uh, a, the, uh, the, an ordinance that was passed that says we will immediately formulate plans, uh, for all these different, um, scenarios. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the second one down is epidemic. And they still don't have a plan. And, uh, you know, what do you say when you call the city and you say, hey, um, can I have a copy of the civil defense plan? Uh, now, let me, uh, I'm going to share with you another page so you can see what they sent me. Now, this is a copy of their, I, I guess you call it an, an emergency. Um, yeah, I can't a, read that. Is it too small? Yeah, way too yeah. small. Is that better? That's better, but yeah. you still got to do a little better. Okay. So there you go. There you go. So so we are <laughs> we are in an ESF eight health and medical services providing assistance for public health and medical needs. Lead agency, U.S. Department of Public Health. Right? Everybody, everybody right. agree that? Yeah. yeah so the plan. So, so the plan is a hurricane manual. It, it has nothing. It, it talks very little about shelters. And um, there was just one blurb in the whole document. But uh, anyway, it, it's on the city of Baymanette's website under COVID-19. And it's the hot link is emergency plan, uh, uh, inclement weather and emergency plan. And it does speak to an ESF-8 event, but gives no direction what to do. I'm talking about where we're going to have pest tents, where we're going to try to feed people. Um, is it going to be a straight up shelter in place? Um, are we going to try to do some things before the hospitals are overrun? Or are we just going to react like the governor of the state of Alabama has decided to do? Well, let me, uh, let me put in something here just so y'all have a little bit of a frame of reference before we get too deep into this. Does your county have a plan for multiple aircraft crashes? Yes. Okay. Does your county have a plan for a meteor strike? Uh, yeah, it, it's all covered under general localized event or something like that. Yeah. I guess, I guess my point is, while yes, the federal government and most state governments have been unfailingly poorly prepared for this, 
I kind of look at this like I look at Hurricane Katrina. You can have all the plans you want, but you get a storm like a Katrina come in, and there's not a whole lot you can do besides be as ready as you can for it. Now, yeah. I'm going to 50-50 this. 50% of this lies on the ill-preparedness of the federal government and the state governments on how to handle this because we've never, we haven't dealt like some, with something like this in a century. Right. The other 50% is we haven't dealt with something like this in a century. And we, I mean, how could you honestly dust off the old civil defense manuals and expect to be prepared for a modern day killer pandemic? I just don't think it's, it's realistic for the, for, to hold our state governments and even our federal government too terribly accountable because Good grief! They they had all the preparedness they could get after Hurricane Katrina, and they still completely ass raped that. Well, yeah. and, and let's let's talk about let's talk about what Katrina taught us. Um, Katrina taught me that nobody gives a shit about the Gulf Coast, um, and, and until it gets on CNN with a bunch of people uh, dying of thirst at the Superdome, uh, of course. This is a completely different scenario. I mean, of course, New York and Portland are getting uh, ships, hospital ships. Um, you know, we're we will forever be the 49th or 50th state, as will Mississippi, and nobody really cares about us. And we've got to take care of ourselves. And these local government officials are doing are doing nothing to prepare for the worst. They're looking to the state government, and they're kicking the can to the, the county EMAs and it, it's it's where they poor leadership I think there's yeah. a, that's it that's it right there that's and, the key word and there's going to be a public indictment of these of these uh, the North Baldwin hospital uh, uh, hospital board um, I believe South Baldwin has one too and these people were in charge of tax money um, they were supposed to uh, make sure that the for-profit uh, infirmary health didn't put us in a situation like this, and they all fell miserably. So guess who some of our greatest hits are on the uh, same people we've been talking about all on this North Baldwin Authority? The mayor, the city attorney, old Puddinghead Paget, you know, the usual suspects. The, the guys that are on things so they can say they're on it and they go eat rubber chicken and bullshit for an hour. Well, right? well, you know it's I mean? kind of, I agree with what Reigns is saying, uh, but also what you touched on is true too. It's very, very hard to prepare for something like this. However, when it does happen and it is in your face, that's when you start looking at who's got the leadership and who doesn't, who can pick up the ball Absolutely. at that point and say, okay, look, this is a problem or oh, admitted, admitted, this is what we're going to do. And that's where I look at people like, uh, 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 mayor Wilson sending the letter on her own as a mayor, you know, for her community. Uh, you got, and then of course you got Jerry Carl over there who's, uh, elected and working every day over there trying to, to get ahead of it to, because, this is not only a health issue, this is a very big economic issue. And there's a lot of side things that are going to come up that no one is anticipating. Well, the, the tack that KIV has taken during this pandemic shows me that the business council of Alabama completely controls the governor's office. 
And that's just about every state below the Rust Belt, to be honest with you. Uh, Texas, believe it or not, has our governor, who I absolutely abhor, has actually done a, made a lot of good, informed decisions. Our lieutenant governor, on the other hand, I hope he tries to run for office because he's the one that went on national television and said, uh, the elderly call, pay attention. The elderly should sacrifice themselves during this trying time and get out there and replace the essential workforce since they're all going to die anyway. He literally said that. No, no, that. I heard that. I, I heard that interview. I I couldn't believe it. You know, what's a few dead old people, right? Yeah. I'll tell you this. If there's one thing that's going to happen from all of this is that leaders will emerge. Correct. I'm here to tell you, the somebody is going to take hold of it, whether they be in Baldwin County or the city of Baymanette or the state of Alabama. Someone's going to take hold of the reins and they're going to say, all right, the BS stops here. I'm calling the shots. Y'all can indict me when it's over with, but this is what we're going to do. And they'll solve the problem. Back during Hurricane Camille in 1969, Harrison County, Mississippi had a civil defense director named Wade Geis. That man was the Hurricane Mississippi Messiah. That man saved more lives and caused more things to get rebuilt fast than anybody else. There were mayors, county supervisors, the, the county, the board of supervisors of the neighboring counties allowed the Harrison County civil defense director to be in charge. He basically just took over the whole southern part or the three coastal counties of the state because he knew what he was doing. And he said, look, I'll take whatever lumps come from Jackson. I'll take whatever lumps come from Washington, but I'm going to save the Gulf Coast. And he did it. When we had Hurricane Ike here, we had Judge Emmett because we have a little bit of a different system here. We have a county judge that becomes kind of a Caesar during disaster declarations. Yeah. He did the same thing. And he took up the reins and said, we're going to get through this. Look at General Honoré. In New Orleans, after Katrina, he finally took over and said, we're going to make things right. We're going to get this under control. Leaders will emerge. They're trying right now. And if you identify one, let them know you're behind them. Yep. So, yep. Reigns, what was the name of the uh, city council member in uh, over in Florida that, that flipped his lid about the spring breakers a couple of weeks ago? Oh, my gosh. Uh I reached out to that guy on Twitter. Um, I can't remember his name. It's off the top of my head. It's like Eamon Heath or something like that. Yeah, it was the city of... Uh, city of Lakeview. Lake, uh, Fort, Lake, Fort Worth Beach, Florida. Yeah, it's Lakeview, city of Lakeview, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, he's going it's, it's gonna to prove out that he was a leader when nobody else was. I promise you that. That's, that's um, the truth. We need, we need to give him a little more... Uh, <clears throat> a, a little more uh, time, camera time. Um, I, think, I, think that, I think some of the municipalities that are uh, operating under uh, city administrators, I think they have a little bit better chance than all that weight just being put on the um, mayor. All right. So let's talk about this for a second. Um, typically, your city administrator, city manager is going to be somebody probably in their at, at the youngest in their mid thirties. Um, so chances are if they've been around uh, 
from one state to another or one county or city to another, they've been through some kind of disaster. And typically the whoever's designated civil defense director or EMA director works for that manager. Um, now, when you go hire a manager or, or somebody to be your city administrator and you hire them because they're one of your buddy's wives, uh, you're probably not getting the quality and experience that you're paying for. And that's all I'll say about uh, our city administrator here in Baymanette. Well, now in Fairhope, uh, uh, good never been a city administrator before is what right, I'm right. And, and in Fairhope, I'm sure uh, she's a fine CPA. Right. Well, in Fairhope, we tried to, the mayor has tried several times to get a city administrator and the council has, uh, uh, voted it down simply because the council wanted to hang on to power. Uh, but well, that's, you, you that's know, and you, and, you, and you let our, uh, you let Wayne get away, which I'm glad the County got him, but right, uh, right, right. Well, I don't blame you know, Wayne for what a, what a goof, what a monumental F up on the part of the Fairhope city council to have, you know, what they had was they had Seabiscuit out there pulling a plow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and they uh, had no idea. Well, now this is the same council that voted themselves uh, full family insurance. So I hope everybody that's thinking about insurance out there right now. Uh, well, don't worry thinking about that, no, 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 Paul. What they need to be thinking is while these while these bastards were taking care of themselves, they could have been spending that money on a medical stockpile for the city of Fairhope. Well, just think what would have happened if the mayor hadn't stepped in and said something about the arts and craft festival. We had 200,000 people float into town because uh, the sponsor, as well as uh, two of the council, uh, Burrell and Brown, uh, were for it. Brown was was for the, the uh, art festival all the way up until the last day. Just contemplate what would happen if all of those people had showed up at one time in uh, Fairhope. Well, the way that all this works is everybody has to be compliant or the shutdown is for not or, or Correct. Uh, theoretically. Correct. So when, when you got may when, when you got people and I don't want to say overreacting, I probably would have done the same thing. But when, you know, they shut down the damn Fairhope Pier, you can certainly stay six. You can stay a hundred feet away from somebody on the Fairhope Pier, depending on the how many people are down there but then you have people airing on the other end of the spectrum uh there's there's 400 people on robinson island right now uh in center console boats uh out there floating around drinking beer and uh the city of Fairhope, uh the city of orange beach didn't do anything about it now they should be doing something about it immediately i don't is is that still going on uh, I don't have, uh, we could, somebody could look at the Carib uh, and check out their webcam real quick. They got a, you know, one of those little webcams like the yeah. weather stations look at. The Carib's yeah. got one and you, you might be able to uh, turn that thing around and make it look at Robinson Island. I'm not sure. that That's well, how I looked at it the other day. And there were well, a lot of people out there. There's a couple of things that uh, through this CARE Act, uh, which is the 2.2, trillion dollars that we've put out uh there is 
for those of you out there, a small business disaster loan. Uh, this is covered on the RIP report, ripreport.com. If you want to go to it to get the links, uh, it's an SBA loan. It's a streamlined process. Uh, it has a limit of about $10,000. And those of you in small business, I encourage you to look at that and see if you can't, uh, uh, if that doesn't help you. There's also, uh, we posted on the RIP report as well, I think on Backstory, uh, Cliff Notes for the COVID-19 CARE Act and what it means to you. These are very good. It covers uh, from one end to the other. Any questions that you may have, for instance, uh, one of them I found very interesting is that the um, some mortgage companies will waive the mortgage payment. However, people need to be very careful when they look at these uh, plans and what's available because under the mortgage plans, I've seen some of them where the grace period was four months. However, on the fifth month, you had to pay back the four months, you know, that you didn't pay. So that doesn't really help you. In fact, that kind of compounds the problem if you're having to make five months of payments at one time. So you'll need to read the small print, but they're, uh, they're, and, and also it's going to be a little worrisome as to how fast they get some of these checks out. But those of you that um, are really paying attention to your finances may want to start researching what is available and what is covered uh, under the CARE Act. So everybody needs to go to Backstory Podcast Facebook page and check out the links. Pretty simple. Today is the first. Today's April third, correct? First correct. day. First day that uh, uh, first round of the SBA loans. I think independent contractors and those type of folks can't uh, submit their applications for another two weeks, I think. So, so um, yeah, this will be the first round. And um, I wanted to share my screen again, just so we could get this on the record. So we are over a million cases. Good yes. God. And, and, you know, remember two episodes ago, we had just overtaken China and we right. went from 80,000 to 245,000 in like no time. Well, New York City is uh, anticipating six more days and they're out totally of ventilators and out of equipment. So, dear God, I don't know what's going to happen then. All right. So let's talk about something. Ranger of, Navy guy, uh, tell me, okay, so a couple things going on with the military. The captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, Brett Kosher, um, who sent a three-page letter to, is that, who would he have sent that to, just the Pentagon or Pacific Well, the problem that whoever? he got into, the problem I think he got into is that the uh, military has a very strict, uh, code of chain of command. All right. So let's, uh, yeah, but let's go back. Let's go back to what rain said, Paul, you can't have it both ways. Rain said leaders will emerge. And this That's guy's correct. worried about the people on his boat. And he's telling these dipshits that we're not going to be combat effective unless you get these people off this boat, disinfect it, care for the sick. And then we'll be back at sea lickety split. 
Oh well, I think that I think that what I think that what uh, give me one second, Range. I think that what happened here is that uh, he had made that determination ahead of time and said, "I'm going to get somebody's attention. I'm going to get it at one time, and if it means they're going to kick me off this ship, that's what's going to happen." And they had a standing ovation for for him uh, when he left, and I think he went down. He went down for his sailors and for his ships, but I'm saying they're using the they're using the excuse of the uh, of the proper chain of command as far as why they why they let him go. Uh, me personally, I'm on his it. side. I think it was a brave move. Sorry, Rance, go ahead. No, that's I I, I just was going to say what Paul said. I, you know, he knew what he was doing. That letter, if he was following proper procedure, any letter he wrote about casualties on his ship and combat effectiveness would have gone to uh, the commander in chief of his fleet and then gone up the chain through the department of the Navy and up to the joint chiefs. It would not have never been, seen it. It would, we'd have never seen it. It'd have gone to the, you know, you don't write a letter to the white house and CC the New York times on it, unless you're trying to blow the whistle on something. And so I admire the man for his courage, but at the same time, Everybody that says, oh, it's a disgrace for getting rid of him. Well, you know, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was getting into. And he's jumping on his sword to try to really get that out there. But, yeah, there was no hope for this guy once he did that. All right. No. So, so let's, talk, let's talk about – All right. All right. So let's talk about something else that's going on. So if I'm the, if I'm the uh, secretary of the Navy and I got, and I got the captain of the – Theodore Roosevelt saying we're combat ineffective. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call every damn ship that I have. And I'm going to say, Hey guys, is anybody sick on this boat? And if they say no, I'm going to say, do not come back to port, which is what I think is going on. Did y'all see what happened uh, day before yesterday in the, in our COVID-19 update, the president announced that he's dispatching the Atlantic fleet to the Caribbean to fight the drug cartels. I mean, that's I think a it's theory. a, I think it's a big smoke screen for, we just, we want to give these guys something to do because yeah. we're not letting them come back to port. We've been running interdiction. The United States Navy has been running interdiction missions in the Gulf of Mexico since the, the early 1980s. Right. Uh, what happens is you get a, a ship like I'm very familiar with it. It's no longer a ship, but the USS Stephen Groves, a frigate, you take it out there and it basically acts. It uses its uh, AWACS and its um, uh, Aegis system as a giant radar to patrol the whole area. And anything that's in that area, you know, you stop, you send the Coast Guard in to interdict with. Um, you do do some boarding. Um, very little of that, though, because it's really hard to, it's really a pain to board off of anything bigger than a destroyer. But Right. Uh, interdiction has been going on for 30, 40 years now. And as far as quarantining on ship, that's very likely what's happening. Um, Norfolk is a cesspool. And so is San Diego. And I say that because it's full of places where from a virus virus standpoint, from an uh, epidemiology standpoint, they're just cesspools. They're just, they're, they're waiting for communication. So what you do, you put all your sailors on ships and you get them out to sea. That way, you know, and I know this sounds terrible, but you establish a baseline for who's sick and who's not. And you get ships full complement crew 
and say, all right, I got X amount sick. I'm quarantining the rest on both sides. We're running half watches and you treat it C. Believe it or not, that's a very viable solution to that issue. And you don't announce that we're combat ineffective to anybody for crying out loud. Yeah. Don't. Oh, my God. Just that, that needs to be out of everybody's minds. Right now, we are, as a national fighting force, probably at about 10, 15 percent combat effectiveness. So yeah. let's not broadcast how bad it's gotten to the entire planet. Well, I, I, I just I love the smoke screen that we're taking back the Caribbean. You know. Oh, that's all your your damn blasted orange headed son of a bitch that's up there doing all that. That gaslight narcissistic pariah. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Hold on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say mine. All right. So Paul, t tell me about uh th this uh while we're all in lockdown, uh, didn't you say they're going to round up all the undocumented people and throw them out? Well, no, what I was uh, talking about was that, uh, you know, they have all these, the money plan to try to get money out to everybody. And you've got uh, undocumented workers and workers that are here that are legally working under work permits and stuff that contribute to the tax base. But, they haven't been addressed yet and they'll be the, in the poorest of the poor. And they're the ones that get hurt the most is the, the people with the least amount are the ones that are going to get hurt, hurt the most. And they, uh, these food banks, I saw where one of the largest food banks in the United States, uh, says that they're taxed that they've never been at this position ever. And here we are going into what is supposedly the two week trial, uh, time here to see what the virus is actually going to do. So the stress on the food banks and the stress on the very poor is going to be tremendously harder than on the middle class and other people that may be able to make it through. They're the ones that are going to need the most help from charities, uh, food banks and churches, etc. Well, let me, let me interject this because you mentioned a lot of them are here on work programs. There is a program, the H-2A program, through the Department of Immigration and the Department of Labor that allows for a business to bring in a certain amount every year of undocumented labor. Right. Long as they provide for them. And one of the one of the uh, uh, commandments, come out command, a part of the code in that H-2A agreement is that the employer will furnish any and all medical care needed and pay for any and all medical care needed while those workers are in the employ because they can't legally be in the country unless they're an employee of a large farm or something like that. Now that's the H2A program, which is agricultural. The H2I is industrial and that covers more uh, housekeeping staffs in big casinos and hotels and things like that for the most part and some uh -huh. construction. In the H2A program, which I'm familiar with, uh, they are the, the business owner and the person providing the work for these undocumented people are required to provide medical care and medical assistance and a certain standard of living for them. So people that are here under that, their response, their, their responsibility lies on basically the person who's in charge of them. And so they shouldn't be taxing food banks. They shouldn't be taxing our medical services. They should be having the farmer or the, 
factory farm owner who's employing them taking care of them. And if you know something like that, let us here at Backstory Podcast know about it. And I guarantee you, we'll chase some folks down and make sure that's getting paid. We'll put on our green jumpsuits and ride yeah. around. And, uh, but yeah. Paul's, Paul's absolutely true about there's a lot of people out there that aren't here under that program. Hell, there's people living in dirt floors in Atmore, Alabama right now. Right. I'm sure that don't have access to any of this stuff. Who's going to look out for them? I can tell you nobody. It's going to be the churches. It's going to be the local organizations. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be your local Cub Scout pack that's going to be providing meals for these people because the federal government and state government is apparently not going to do it. Well, okay, so let me let me talk about uh, a few things real quick that I want to tick off. All um, right. The, the, uh, and you can, ch there's information on my Twitter, which is, at Backwoods South 2 um, or on our Facebook page, uh, Backstory Podcast. Um, the Coronavirus Paid Leave Act, which affects all uh, small companies with fewer than 500 employees, requires you to pay your employees uh, some benefits. Uh, got some things about that on there. Oh, how about this, Reigns? Gulf Shores Director... Of, of Recreation and Cultural Affairs, Grant Brown says, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but city leaders have done everything the governor and state ask and have instructed them to do. Now, guess what the question was? This is the, the, the uh, final jeopardy. Did you guys F up by not closing the beach earlier? Duh. Duh. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback this thing. You know, we, we've been saying it since. So do you know the first time we talked about coronavirus was like back February 15th and February 29th. We made fun of the Alabama legislature because they did declare a public health emergency and they said it was pornography. And now, <laughs> you know, now that 50,000 people are possibly going to die. Um, mm. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, the city of Gulf Shores canceled Hangout Fest yesterday. Yeah, they were going to try to make that work no matter what, but they finally had to let it go. Um, Alabama schools are going to reopen um, to teachers. But as you see, it's beautiful today. The beaches are open, and people are having a wonderful time. Amity, as you know, means friendship. It means... Friendship with a uh, love making with a shark. Yeah. Well, at the other one, the other one that gets me is uh, uh, churches. Some churches insisting to be able to stay open and have church services, and I'm going like, holy mackerel! You know, there's a choir uh, in, uh, uh, I think it was Washington State, and they had a group, pretty good sized group, like about thirty people. And they were practicing social distancing. They were washing their hands. They were doing everything they could do. Most of the entire group got the virus and two died. And that's because they're all in there singing, huffing and puffing and pushing it out of their lung. And so it can be airborne, you know, not only by droplets, by, but by what they think could be airborne. So any type of congregational uh, event like that is just... Uh, <laughs> it's just exacerbating the problem. So how the churches think uh, this is going to wash and they're immune to this, I, I have no idea. I just, 
that so, was so, me. So guess what idiot has come up, has raised his hand and said, I'll be the biggest idiot in Alabama. Roy Moore. Yes, Roy Moore. <laughs> he he, he has that. offered to represent these churches for free in, in, a, court, in a federal court where they're not going to let anybody in. Y'all do realize that right. these things will be taken up after the pandemic's over with. Correct, correct. Okay. You want to go to church and you want to congregate with people of similar beliefs, that's fine. You go. Don't you go to the hospital when you get sick. You better go back to that damn church and ask them to heal you. you right. Pastor. Right. <laughs> uh, well, now. Okay, uh, so, so one more thing, Paul. Uh, uh, and the reason that uh, Grant Brown was having to defend the idiots that he works for is um, there was a report out of uh, the University of Wisconsin in Madison um, where on March 13th, a group of students came down to Nashville right. and then moved their trip down to Gulf Shores on the 16th. And now they're all back home in Wisconsin and everybody's got coronavirus. Right, 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 right. So when you go to Panama City Beach for spring break and all you'd come back with was chlamydia. Now you got to worry about the damn corona. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, I didn't get that in Panama City, but I did get some other stuff. Uh, I remember caches. Do you remember caches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's still in there. Caches is in, uh, what is that, right before Fort Walton? Fort Walton Beach, yeah. Yeah, Fort Walton Beach. Right, right, right. You want to get to some lanyard stuff? Yes, sir. Please do. All right. One of the things that I thought was very interesting uh, on the inside front page, and again, uh, like to encourage everybody to pick up a lanyap. Their advertising budget is surely taking a beating right now, and uh, we desperately need the news. Uh, corona uh, articles are not on their um, paywall, so you can go to see them. But inside the front page is coronavirus uh, 19 has hurt businesses. Has your business been ordered closed by the state of Alabama or any other civil authority? Do you believe that you have business interruption insurance coverage? Now, a lot of people have that coverage and don't realize that they, that they do. And that covers storms of different events such as that. So uh, you may want to really check your, insurance and see just what your rights are. This is by, uh, and this is not a solicited or paid ad that I'm reading that I'm, that I'm supporting. It's Milam and Milam. He was my attorney on a couple of cases and, uh, I would recommend him if you fall into that category and you're not sure whether you have, uh, uh, interrupted insurance coverage quite likely in this area. Uh, another Lanyap one is the, uh, port pork. Massive stimulus package includes dredging funds. That's by uh, Gabe Times. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand that the coronavirus aid, relief, and economic security called the CARES Act, the $2 trillion act uh, in section 14003 out of 140,000 words. Our uh, uh, Richard Shelby, senator who is known for the pork that he brings home, 
even though he's opposed to it everywhere else, uh, put in a 111 word uh, appropriation for the Harbor Maintenance Trust Fund. That trust fund has been uh, held and divvied out very slowly, it was organized in 1986, and uh, it's secured almost 9.3 billion. And so out of this, uh, the government uh, separately through the CARES Act, which is, I mean, the CARES Act, which is the largest spending bill ever passed by the federal government, it's gonna provide residents with adjusted rates. Uh, uh, it goes into how much each individual is gonna get business or whatnot. The state and local governments were, this is the part that worries me, Reigns, state and local government, especially if you remember the BP area era and uh, uh, Mr. Boom Boom Pittman around here, state and local governments were awarded $150 billion, which includes a minimum of $1.5 billion for each state and $8 billion set aside for local governments. Now, you're talking about the good way to have some abuse. That's it when you have that kind of money floating around. So we're going to have to pay attention to how our state uses the money. Uh, the other one that I had is the Beltway Beat. And like in Lanyap, folks, there's many, many articles. We're just going over a few and telling you what's going on. Suggest that you get it to read the different articles involving different municipalities. The Beltway Beat by Jeff Poor. Don't expect Ivy to let the coronavirus uh, crisis go to waste. And uh, some of you may remember Ron Emanuel. Uh, he said, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is an opportunity to do things that you couldn't do before. And I have seen people use emergencies, uh, be it mayors or governors, where they were able to get some things done that they couldn't prior. Now, the two things that Ivy would be looking for is her administration um, under the leadership of her chief of staff, Joe Bonner, uh, can move nearly $1 billion worth, can build nearly $1 billion worth of prisons without the input of the House, uh, State House right now, because they're not in session. And another thing that they could be looking at is Medicaid expansion. Both of those they've not been able to get um, off the ground floor. Now, the Medicaid expansion, uh, people remember several years back, Alabama was to receive $3.2 billion, but we refused it. We refused to take any of it or participate. We left all $3.2 billion on the table, and now our hospital systems, especially our rural systems, are uh, paying for it. Uh, and there's a uh, maybe Ivy will roll and try to do something on one of the two because as you know, we're mandated by the federal government to do something with the prisons and the uh, healthcare system of course is uh, the same throughout the entire United States. But those that didn't jump on the Medicare bandwagon, I think are going to uh, uh, regret it. Now, the other cover story uh, in Lanyap. And I think this is very important to people uh, and they should be paying attention to it because we're just into this a week or so folks in the South. There's people been in this two or three weeks. 
The longer you're sitting still, the more stir crazy you're going to get. You need to know that your life is changing. Your uh, schedule is going to change and you need to occupy yourself with something besides, uh, you know, just worrying. What are your daily routines? How are you going to do uh, homeschooling? Uh, the permanent changes and how can local companies and local people help um, other people or how can you help other people? Now this is a uh, life and time of COVID-19 Dale Leash and Jason Johnson. Now look at how local routines have changed during the pandemic. And trust me, our routines are going to change radically when it comes to that. Uh, Harry, I got only, one other thing as bizarre as it sounds, you know, we went over this thing before with uh, the um, uh, super PAC uh, uh, club for growth. And <laughs> the Reigns, listen to this now. This club for growth is supporting the, this guy Hightower who is running as a catalyst candidate, okay? But they, in the midst of this virus and everything, Club for Growth out of Washington sends some people down here that decide they're going to knock on doors in Fairhope during the middle of the virus, recruiting votes for this guy Hightower. Okay, while his opponent, <laughs> while his opponent, Jerry Carl, who's a county commissioner, is over there in Mobile, busting his butt trying to help people. I mean, it is just totally crazy. So I just, I just hope that people at, in Baldwin County wake up to the fact of what a danger uh, Catalyst is. And by looking at some of their actions, it's perfectly obvious. Well, All right. I got a, I got a few things, dude. Uh, so oh, BSA. Yeah. So do you remember we were talking about uh, a guy named Michael Hardigan who was who yeah. ran our council into the ground yeah, and then parachuted out to uh, the Broken Arrow Oklahoma Council or whatever it is out there? Right. right. This is the one that this is the one that Mr. Uh, Gary Finch has been pulling his hair out for years, talking to the board, talking to anybody he could get to talk, and nobody would listen to him. And now he's proven, now Mr. Finch is being proven 100% correct in what his uh, assessment was of Mr. Hardigan. Yeah, so Hardigan got shit canned and with no explanation and no severance. And I hope we had a lot to do with that. I, I hope we did too. I, and, and Gary Finch, people all take their hat off to Gary for sticking his neck out because nobody else on the so-called board did anything. Um, so in this time of pandemic, all of the county commissioners are tweeting, not necessarily ours, but around the state, um, uh, are raising hell with the Department of Corrections. The Department of Corrections has ceased taking prisoners from county jails to the, to the state prisons. So all these people that are in there that should have been transferred, uh, the county's having to pay to feed them and clothe them and take care of the medical care and all that. Um, so none of that should surprise you. That's it. Montgomery's always put it to the counties anytime they could. Um, well, the thing with the prisons is 
And this could just turn out to be a really horrific situation. That's nothing but a Petri dish. Those guys are locked it's up a, there together. A vertical con concrete cruise ship. So let's talk um, about um, that real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, so Reigns, I don't know what, I don't think you have a license to run a cruise ship, but you start, yeah. what you had what kind of tonnage license? Oh, uh, the highest license I held was a hundred ton master. All right. So um, we've got two cruise ships. And of course, none of the cruise ships are flagships or registered here in the United States because they couldn't have enough life rafts and all that kind of stuff. Right. So they're all Panamanian flagships or they're Croatian or who the hell knows. Right. Um, so these two Holland America ships have been cruising the high seas for 30 days. Nobody will take them. And so uh, for some reason they're, uh, is it Cape Canaveral is where they're going? Isn't that where? Lauderdale, I think. Okay. One of the two. So, so they're coming there. They got at least 30 people who they, I guess they need ICU. They're ambulatory. They're about to die. I mean, I understand it's, it's about compassion, but all these people on that ship are potentially infected. And why would Florida with the limited number of medical resources they have take anybody? Well, one of the reasons that they had to take some of those people is they were American citizens with American passports. Hey, and Paul, Paul, they got on a damn cruise ship in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I know, but you didn't go you to know, Thailand, you have certain, did you? You have certain rights as an American citizen being well, denied entry. Being denied entry into your country is one that, uh, except for a state of emergency in a time of pandemic, mm -hmm. I promise you, you can you can limit uh, if 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 they had a communicable disease. That's the reason they ask you all these questions when you come through customs, Paul. You can't exclude an American citizen if they're contagious, and I know because my granddaddy died in damn the Ukraine in 1995, and that was a hell of a deal just to get his body back in the country. Well, I can imagine. So, Reigns, did you yeah. know that that uh, openly gay and uh, totally fantastic Apple CEO Tim Cook is a Baldwin County boy? I did Robert not know. Yep. Um, he just personally donated 100,000 surgical masks and 100,000 N95 masks to the state of Alabama. Fantastic. Not, not that we deserve it. <laughs> but we certainly do appreciate it. Um, a, a couple other things. Uh, I know someone very close to me who has lupus. And one of the uh, drugs that they use to treat lupus is uh, chloroquine. Or, right. Uh, or hydrochloroquine. And um, it's an anti-malarial drug. Uh, she's been taking it for a long time, and guess what, boys? You can't find it anywhere. Because everybody panicked and went and rushed it and bought it, and now the people that really need it can't get it. Or it's being diverted. I mean, there's, you know, it's just like everything else in this just-in-time environment. Nobody ever thought, oh, well, if we need an N95 mask, we can just order them off Amazon. I wonder you know, if that's, that's the same. Uh, I wonder if that's the same drug we took in Vietnam. Yeah, uh, it, is. Sure it is. It it's is the same one. Yeah, the big pill. Yeah, and I remember then we had the also the 
the halazone. Boy, that made water taste good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That made water taste good. So just just for the record, our governor just closed the non-essential businesses in this county or in this state on Saturday. Right. And, and this is the following Friday. So we've not been in, in the grocery. You can still go to the grocery store. Let's see what all is Mobile done. They they've instituted. Um, they can only have forty percent of the the fire code capacity of people in somewhere like Walmart or something like that. But now, of course, that's what that's caused is a big line around the building with everybody standing, you know, on top of each other in the parking lot waiting to get in the store. I, I don't know what the right answer is. We've been doing curbside, if anything. And uh, I think that uh, I think within the uh, as soon as possible, I hope. And you but ought to I see think, the damn production that Doodle does when we get stuff home. We put it on the table outside, and she sprays it with Lysol, and then everything goes in the sink and gets cleaned again. And you can imagine. I think probably, of course, this is unscientific, just to what I'm saying. But I mean, I'm thinking that the greater portion of this uh, is not transferred by goods, but you know, by individual to individual. But okay, so so let's talk about this. The the president who hates fake news can't tell the country we're in deep shit. Can't tell us that he's sending all these ships. He, you know, we're just burning gas, guys. They're out there shrimping so they don't come home and get sick. But instead, he turns it and it spins it into this big war on the cartels in the Caribbean. I just it's it's politics well, war, as usual when we have a uh, in a real scary situation and that's what i don't like about it well the war on the war on drugs was a farce is a farce and is a farce. it's always been a farce uh, just a, a complete waste all we do is we divert or control maybe 10 to 15% that's it we're not we're not doing it you know and when I went to school and it was at Southern and my father was the professor of economics there and I was taking his class, which was a little weird in itself. And one day they Did started. Flunk talking, you? That's the, that's the real question. Did you pass? Oh yeah. <laughs> but he, at that point in time, and this was way back in the seventies, he said, decriminalize drugs. He said, take the, take the money out of it and you won't have the, uh, uh, effort by the cartels. And as you see, as we decriminalize certain drugs, they switch to another drug. So uh, I don't know what the answer is there, but I can tell you going down to Central America and trying to stop boats coming across the ocean, you're getting very, very, very few of them, um, very few of them at all. What you got up there, Harry? I'm just showing people the had a volunteer with the Red Cross. Um, this this is their web page, and of course the menu. Um, so if you if you have an opportunity, and uh, you're looking for something to do, um, it might not be during the actual pandemic, but certainly during the recovery, um, the Red Cross is always uh, actually they have a seat at the table in every emergency management operations center in the country because they're a vital part of uh, response and recovery 
and hopefully preparation in this case. Maybe maybe they're the only ones with proper PPEs. I'm on his own note. All right, guys. Well, Reigns, I want to know what's going on in Houston. Tell tell me what's the what's the what are the state of things? Uh, we are under a uh, countywide uh, lockdown order. All non-essential businesses are closed. Restaurant, bar, etc., pickup only. And um, they're expanding that order on a regular basis to include different businesses as more and more people just keep doing what they're doing. Um, we have our schools effectively closed until May 1st for the entire county, including Humble ISD, my son's school district, which is the largest independent school district in the country. Um, they have yet to cancel school for the year, but uh, my information is, is that check is in the mail. I can tell you for one that my son won't be returning to school until this is all over with. And if that's December, then that's December. He can continue Captain Russian's semester at sea until such time as I deem it safe for him to go back to school. Right. Uh, Houston is Houston. People are, for the most part, abiding by it. The suburbs is a different story. I'm telling you right now, you want to know what the state of Houston is? I don't know, but I can tell you what the state of my house is. See this right here? I'm sitting in my garage sharpening this thing on a regular basis. <laughs> regular basis, I'm sharpening it. All you folks out there that don't believe in social distancing and want to go to church and then come over to knock on my door or whatever, I got a little something waiting for you, and it's that thing right there. You spread misinformation, you talk that crap, you wave that stupid banner, Believe me, when it's all over with, people like me ain't going to forget who you are. Remember well, that? one of the things that uh, I, I wrote like a, in, a knife that's perfectly balanced, like the Bussy Combat. It looks like the old K bar. Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's full tang. <clears throat> well, uh, I hope people uh, will go to the ripreport.com backstory podcast either on the podcast itself or the Facebook page and stay up with uh, the information we're trying to provide. You got something you want to let us uh, speak about, be sure and get a hold of us. We hope that you're patient with our uh, production here. We're having to do it a lot differently. We finally got set up in our studio and as soon as we got set up in the studio, we got hit with this. So, now we're having to do this using technology and I, for one, I'm not contributing to that factor. <laughs> so we'll just see where it goes from there. And Reigns, I didn't know you had a hundred ton license. I did too. Uh, yeah. Back in the day when I was running uh, diving charters out of Panama city, but uh, I had a six pack. They'll give anybody one of those, obviously. Mine lapsed back in like 2006, I think, and I didn't have any sea time to renew it, so I let it go. Well, but, you know, at one time when they when they issued, when I got mine issued to me, it was supposed to be lifetime, and then they came in and uh, limited it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta maintain X amount of days, right? You renew it, and I didn't have the sea time, and that was that. But I, yeah. I mean, I could sit for it today. I could sit for it today and pass the test. That's that's true, but. Yeah, it, uh, I'll, I'll never use it. So I go through the point. I mean, I live 160 miles from the Gulf of Mexico now. So yeah, it's a diploma on the wall for me now. Yeah, same. Well, I lost mine to Katrina. So what are you going to do? I don't even have that anymore. But it's a uh, it's a fine time. I hope everybody's up. And speaking of staying up, I'll be uh, on Facebook Live later tonight for the Friday night fiasco. If anybody wants to tune in and check out that debacle, 
if anybody can stay up till midnight to watch that debacle, that's the problem. That's three hours past my bedtime. <laughs> that's why we do it late at night because when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro by God is my friend up Dr. Thompson once said. Yeah. Weirdos, the professionals are out around midnight, and I can't wait to see them when they're on. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've I, I've got a list of, of bizarre and absurd questions to ask. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I need, man. All right. All right, boys. Well, I certainly appreciate everybody participating and uh, everybody stay safe out there. Okay. You too. God bless everybody. See y'all next time. Stay safe.